Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray, joined by uh, quite the team here as we close the 99th PGA Championship Senior writer Ryan Labner, associate editor Nick Menta. Thank you, boys, for joining me as we literally burn the midnight oil here. It uh, is, it is twelve fifteen. It is. See, look at you with the timestamp uh, and everything. But uh, Justin Thomas is officially a major champion. Yep. We're going to let that sink in. Quite the round that he completed at uh, Quail Hollow Club. Lab, I'll kick it over to you just to give me your. Your overall thoughts and impressions from the day that was and the week that was here in beautiful, balmy, humid Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, I was just really impressed with the way that, that Justin Thomas played in the final round of Quail Hollow. I think we, we did the punch shot on Saturday night asking who we thought we were going to win. And for me, it was Hideki, and it really wasn't even that close. I think a couple of people picked Kisner uh, just because he had that one-shot lead. But, man, Justin Thomas was basically flawless from the third hole until the 17th hole when a lot of guys showed some nerves. They showed, um, yeah, they made birdies, but they still just couldn't quite uh, take it to that next level. Justin Thomas was, was flawless, and to shoot 68 on this golf course with all that pressure, the second-to-last second group, really impressive. Uh, I believe one person in our group of four writers did, in fact, have Justin Thomas. That would be Nick, so I'm going to kick it over to him with, uh, I, guess, I guess, your takeaways from being right for the day. How about that? I was also the same guy who, at the beginning of the week, said that Hideki Matsuyama couldn't possibly follow up, and you know he was there for. I also picked Rory to win. Yeah, so there for We're going to be keeping week, score so here. Fair enough. Um, you know the the golf course, Quail Hollow, obviously undergoes a redesign, um, and it took a lot of guff, let's call it, for the first three days. Guys were unhappy. The rough was too high. It was horrible. In spots. Yeah. Just, let's just let's just call it this. This championship was terrible for three days. Let's just be honest. And yet, uh, on the back nine on Sunday, this place absolutely Very delivered. satisfying. Uh, we feel satisfied now on Sunday night after what transpired on Sunday. This final round saved it completely. Yeah, and you'll see you know, competitive team play come back here in 2021, and that close from 14 through 18 is going to be absolutely tailor-made for match play. Um, maybe I'm in the minority, but I really enjoyed the golf course, and I'm excited to see a PGA come back here in the future. You definitely are in the minority because the players did not enjoy it. They've completely sucked the joy out of this golf course. I, I completely agree. The last three holes are terrific, especially for a major. Literally anything can happen. There's water looming everywhere. Uh, but they've sucked the, go- the sucked the fun out of this golf course. Thieves of joy. Yes. It's just a joy thieves. Term. Joy thieves. Uh, I will say, so this is my first time to Quail Hollow. The, the front nine is absolutely unremarkable in every way. And it is. <laughs> it really is. And it is difficult, and it is, it is a fine test of golf, and it is 
just I would I would never really want to play that week in week out day in day out. I'm sure there are plenty of folks in Charlotte and Quahala that love that course, but it's I think you you even notice it more by how fun and interesting the back nine is, especially once you get to 13, 14, and you get around that green mile and around that the water. I mean that's a great closing stretch, and it just you have to go through a long time and you have to be patient to get to it. The back nine really is good. I mean, it's a reachable par five, a short par four, a tough par four, a really difficult par three, and then you, and then the fun really starts. That's really yeah. where the tournament uh, began every single day. Um, I'm curious to see. I think there's going to have to be some changes before the Wells Fargo comes back in 2018 uh, in May. Blow that, up the that fourth, fourth, fourth green needs to be blown up completely. Um, there was some other holes that certainly um, rankled. Uh, Rankled some players to be sure. The Bermuda rough off the fairways just did not go over well at all. I mean, even though it wasn't necessarily long, the ball sits right in the bottom, and you just have no play from there. It's just hack out rough just isn't fun. So we have three players that finish in a tie for second, including uh, Louis Tazen, who just wins Twitter Sunday night with his lip sync. Uh, Most he, amazing thing I, as I he's rising up. But I guess you've also got Ricky and Hideki T5. Nick, I'll kick it over to you. What are your thoughts who, who's the most important also ran of that group that really kind of catches your attention I think the pressure builds on probably both Ricky and Hideki as two guys who continue to knock on that door but who have not yet gotten it done um, and this is now the second major in a row we've seen Ricky Fowler standing behind the 18th green waiting to congratulate someone who is not Ricky Fowler and the second PGA in a row he was yeah. out there with Jimmy Walker last year he's got a lot of friends tons of friends so he'll continue to knock on the door I, I continue to believe that he will get one but every time he's sitting there congratulating someone other than himself, it's you start to wonder. Well, I think that this we we were talking about this earlier tonight that the the math is an interesting paradox because you sit there and you say Ricky Fowler's twenty eight is going to be twenty nine in December. Odds are that he eventually gets one, two, four, however many majors. But in any single week, the odds are always going to be against him, and there's have been a number of times, including this year, where you go into the week, you really talk yourself into Ricky Fowler come Tuesday, and then something goes awry. You know, sometimes it's been on Sunday this year. Uh, it was on Saturday this particular week when he really kind of gave it away down the stretch on the green mile during the third round after overcoming a triple bogey during the opening round. Lav, you know, eventually he's going to get there, right? Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just too many mistakes. I'm not sure if that's a... That's a caddy issue if he's trying to be too aggressive or, or what the case is. But making the triple in the first round and then the the, the bogey, double bogey finish uh, really torpedoed his third round. Um, talking to him on the 18th green uh, after Justin Thomas won, you can tell there's just there's some underlying – he's just pissed off. I, I, he's, he's so affable and, you know, he's, he's got so many friends in the PGA Tour. You can tell this is kind of eating at him, though. I mean, how many times is he going to see his buddies get the glory and he's just stuck there Snapchatting and, and you know, talking, talking well about his friends and, you know, trying to, to boost them up the best he can. Um, I think he's going to get there, but he's 28 and we're, we're moving on and every time he doesn't get it done it just makes it harder. Justin Thomas just a few hours ago spoke exactly to that point. He said, you know, I'm sitting there at Royal Birkdale watching Jordan Spieth capture the third leg of the career Grand Slam. And it made me mad to an extent. It made him hungry. Jealous. Like said. Yeah. And 
he turned around one week later, or sorry, one month later, and now he's got Jordan Spieth in the receiving line waiting to congratulate him. And somebody at some point has to be there for Ricky Fowler, assuming he gets the job done. So we shall see what uh, what happens with. I, but I think I think Hideki's a whole other. I think he's I a whole other level. I was going to say. So what what do we make now of Hideki, who clearly came in on on a, on a heater after after a sixty one at Firestone, played really well through the first couple rounds. Jordan Spieth is sitting there on Saturday saying he's the guy to beat. Everyone kind of felt like this was the one that Hideki was going to get. And then after the third round and certainly uh, after the final round, it seemed like the nerves affected him. On the greens on Sunday, he's missing putts that he had made throughout the week and throughout last week. And then finally, he's just not able to get over the hump. I mean, it's hard, I think, for American fans to understand the pressure he faces in trying to win Japan's first male major. But Lav, you you, you got to wonder, I mean, this is really neck and neck right now between him and Ricky for best player without a major, and you feel like the barrier in front of Hideki is maybe a little higher. I do, and this is super inside baseball, but I basically spent most of Sunday gathering for what I expected to be a Hideki Matsuyama major victory and what that would mean uh, for Japanese golf. From everything that I gathered and could tell, the expectations have been placed on him ever since he became a full-time player on the PGA Tour in 2014. However, Hideki and his manager slash interpreter slash fix-it man Bob Turner, who's you know he's kind of been in the spotlight with every interview with Hideki, he maintains that Hideki does not think about this. That you can ask him all he wants, but he doesn't really think about you know what it would mean to be the first uh, male player from Japan. Uh, to win a major. His results would suggest otherwise. It seems like it would be impossible not to think about it. I mean, guys completely unrelated to Hideki Matsuyama every week get asked questions from the Japanese press about Hideki Matsuyama. And that's to say nothing of the individual attention he gets every week, no matter, you know, whether it's the PGA Championship or, uh, you know, a far lesser event, let's call it. Um, Yes, I think he's got a lot more pressure than Ricky Fowler. Sure, Ricky faces the pressure of being, you know, um, very popular amongst kids, being a marketing icon, but but Hideki's got the weight of an entire nation on his shoulders. And um, when you've got, you know, maybe a bulky putter and you're putting on grainy Bermuda greens, suddenly that weight will will weigh on you even more. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. But the two times that Hideki threatened the lead over the weekend, he went bogey, bogey on the 12th hole and 13th hole on Saturday. And in the final round, he made bogey after missing, what, a four-footer on 11, added bogeys on 12 and 13. And then when he had some chance to apply some pressure on Thomas on 16, he missed that one too. So maybe it's just a coincidence that he's making these mistakes under the gun when he's thinking about what it could mean to win a men's major. Maybe it's not. Who knows? So we came into the season's final major with basically two storylines, 1A and 1B, in terms of Jordan Spieth going for the career Grand Slam and then Rory McIlroy trying to dominate Quail Hollow as he has so many times before. So I guess let's take those in order. Uh, Spieth just really was never a factor. Tied for 28th, played good, not great. After, after the final round, he said that it was up to his putting, that has been phenomenal in winning the Travelers and the Open, and it just wasn't quite there. But I thought it was interesting, Lav, and what he said Saturday, that 
basically he said, when you look at my Wikipedia page 30 years from now, the PGA is going to be the one where I struggle the most. Now, it's easy to say that right now because that's the one leg of the career Grand Slam that he doesn't have, but he kind of pointed to just how these courses are set up and that, and not necessarily that they don't favor his game, but he looks at the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the Open, and he feels like those really accentuate parts of his game that he likes to lean on, and the PGA Championship doesn't. I think that everyone agrees that he's going to get the, the PGA Championship eventually. Could be next year Could at be Bell next Reef. year at Bell Reef. But uh, I guess what are your takeaways from Spieth now 0 for 1 on trying to get the career grand slam? I didn't expect him to win this one. It just it just wasn't going to happen this week. Quail Hollow is a brutally difficult golf course. He's only played it once. He didn't play, there, uh, play well there particularly well in 2013. Uh, he just doesn't drive it straight enough right now. He just doesn't have command of his driver to try and fit it in those those wide corridors and try and make birdie from there. Um, I did find that comment, though, on Saturday curious. Obviously, his record at Augusta speaks for itself, and I do think you know he'll have some success in the Open Championship just because he does have the creativity around the greens and um, you know certainly at a course like Brookdale, driving actually isn't that important. I, I think over the course of his career, if he's looking back in the next 20 years, He'll struggle more at the U.S. US Open, Open. Yeah. I mean, than he, the PGA Championship. PGA Championship is typically a shootout. He makes a lot of birdies. He can rely on his putting. U.S. Open, I mean, you're hitting the fairway, you're hitting the green, and Jordan Spieth tra- is not traditionally a very accurate driver of the golf ball. I mean, he got away with one at Chambers Bay. It deserved winner, but... But there's no rough at Chambers Bay. Right. And how many times are they going to go to those courses? I think that every now and then you're going to have a whistling straights PGA Championship where things will thrive for him. Nick, what are your thoughts on, on Spieth as we turn the page to 2018? I thought it was a little early for him to hit the panic button on his career at the PGA Championship for you know all the reasons just mentioned, but also, you know, it's 0 for 1. I think it... This was It was not going to happen this year. No, was, you know, there it would have been no lovely. It would have been a great storyline, and he wouldn't have had to answer questions about it for the next year or five years, ten years, whatever it's going to be before he you know nabs the, the last leg of the career Grand Slam, but it just seemed like a curious comment to make on a Saturday in your first attempt to try to, to round this thing out. And maybe it's a case of him just getting in his own head a little bit. But And we can give him credit for actually admitting admitting this instead of just playing. Sure, denial. clearly yeah. Well clearly it's weighing on his mind, otherwise yes. it wouldn't randomly yeah. come out like that. Yeah. I just thought it was rather curious timing for a guy who's only tried this once to say, ah, you know, thirty years from now if we look back, I think the PGA will be my weakest. Uh, it didn't make much sense to me for the reasons we just discussed. And I think we'll get it sooner rather than later. We just mentioned Bell Reef. It's it's not out of the question to think he could get this in a year. Well, I do think it's interesting that basically for for the three of us, the only player who's gotten to the career Grand Slam in our lifetime is Tiger. And he did it in his first try at St. Andrews in 2000. So this is a new storyline for us. We're seeing it kind of develop with Phil at the U.S. Open with Rory. Spieth traditionally has a three-year window. He gets three cracks at it. The five players who have won the career Grand Slam, they required no more than three tries. That would suggest that the longer you go without getting it, the more pressure, and then you're in trouble. Would that also suggest that Rory will not win the Masters? Because I think we're getting to I that would point. Su- this is, I would suggest this that, is he was, podcast that he's getting close to being in trouble at yes, the Masters. That yes. it is it is very quickly going to become a thing to where Ernie Els was supposed to win one, David Duvall was supposed to win one. A lot of guys Completely were supposed to win agree. a Masters. And didn't. Three but, is the magic number. Well, so maybe it's Bell Reeve. What's in 2019? Beth Page in May. 
either may okay i don't like jordan speed to beth page either <laughs> so bell reeve you're pushing, bell reeve it you're, is you're pushing bell reeve, bell here reeve. we come there you go uh so let's talk about rory uh who may or may not ever win a masters but right now he is leaving the pga with more questions than answers it's a frustrating year for rory and it's not going to get any better i mean his comments i was down there in his post-round presser he is very frustrated he's still dealing with pain from this rib injury he's now talking about possibly hanging it up maybe skipping the fedex cup playoffs possibly the race to dubai he's putting the focus on the 2018 masters but lab this is just really quickly turning into a lost season for a guy who was supposed to be the player to watch this week oh it's it's completely a lost year uh and really disappointing especially since man you remember the south african open how good he looked how high our expectations were for him coming into 2017 it's, it's just been a bust uh Personally, I, I do hope that he sits out these next four months. It, it, it sucks for us who have to cover golf and, and want him to be part of the storyline. Uh, I like to see him sit out until maybe the, the Middle East swing in the European Tour early next year uh, just to get his mind right, get his body right. Um, I do find it curious, though. I mean, he came in here with back-to-back top five finishes. It's not like he's been uh, you know, hacking all over the place. He didn't seem to be in pain. He wasn't stretching. He wasn't grimacing. Um, I'm not sure if that's a just a convenient excuse for for not playing well and just kind of having a disappointing major season, or if he actually is in pain. I'm, I'm assuming he's not lying. I think we have to take him at his word. But um, I don't know. He seemed to be playing well enough to win this PGA Championship. He just didn't get it done this week. He had mentioned that he doesn't feel much pain as he's playing and progressing through his round, but that the rib is sort of preventing him from practicing as often or as hard as he would like to. So maybe that's why his game isn't as sharp. But two weeks in a row now, we've seen him absolutely overpower both Firestone and Quail Hollow off the tee. Can't hit a wedge shot. Yeah, only for him to, to still not score well. And so you know, he's, he's playing as good as he can with the driver. And, and it's not translating into lower scores. I'm with you. I would like to see him take time off. He doesn't have a lot to prove in terms of the FedEx Cup oh, or the race to yeah. Dubai. He's one of both. At this point, based on the conversation we just had, the only thing we're going to be judging him on is what he does next year in April at Augusta. And then, you know, from there, the U.S. Open, the British, and the PGA. So if we're only judging this guy based on the major championships, I think he should just take the fall off, get the mind and the body right, and we'll see him in January. And the rib talk is curious as well because – he can go full bore with the driver and hit 350, but he can't hit a wedge shot when he's dialing back on the speed and the velocity with which he's swinging. Well, if we're taking him at face value, it's it's a macro issue of, and this happens with a lot of players, of I want to practice, and then when I practice in order to get my game where it needs to be, the practice is what does me in, and that those are the issues that he's running into. He said, sitting there 20 minutes after his round, he said that his muscle was spasming, he was having numbness in his left arm, that there were there were a lot of issues that if, if those are the symptoms, that it sounds pretty serious. Yeah. But we shall see. It's I, I agree with you, Lav. It's it's pretty much a lost year. Disappointing. Roy, which is really, not, not this what This was exactly what he did not need. Yes. You know, Jordan Spieth gets the third major. He's coming closer, and Rory had a big head start. Dustin Johnson establishing career. himself as number one. Yep. All that stuff. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I want to turn our attention very quickly here to a former world number one who I spoke to today. Jason Day hit one of the craziest and possibly stupidest, stupidest. shots yeah. I have ever seen <laughs> in a major championship trying to hit what he described as a low bullet hook. Uh, Lav, of course. Th- is this in your in your arsenal where you're on the pine straw? You have no 
follow through because there's a tree trunk right in front of you. He said he wanted to hit a low bullet hook around the trees, up basically near the green. I'm thinking of the MJ Larry Bird commercials where he's calling bank nothing but net off the the stadium scoreboard basically and then he stood by it after the final round he said it nine times out of ten i've got that shot i hit it in the junk a lot but i get it out of the junk a lot too and he had no regrets other than the outcome about a shot that led to a quadruple bogey in the final round and basically sunk his chances of winning a major if you chip that out left you make five at worst and you're still in the golf tournament if you try the hero shot and you send it straight right into the bushes and you need an unplayable and then you chunk it from there and then you chunk it from there so on and so forth uh you lose the golf tournament cole swatton should have been saying what the hell are you even thinking trying this golf shot chip it out in the fairway and rely on your wedge game which is pretty darn good maybe you get up and down and you can save part that that is the most mind-boggling decision of the week by far it just shows you how desperate he is to try and win a major, try and get back to that world number one spot. That's, that's what that decision told me. When I heard him say that nine times out of ten I can pull it off, the first thing that came to mind was 60% of the time it works every time, um, which is obviously not a ringing endorsement. I will say that the only shot I have in my bag is a low bullet hook off the pine straw, but I'm also not trying to win a major championship, nor will I ever. Um, it was clearly ill-advised. He plays his last two holes on Saturday and five over, and he basically ruins, what, 53 holes of excellent major championship work with one decision. It's, I'm with you. I think, I think your caddy at that point needs to call. You know, what Spieth and Mickelson both talk about the, the yearly veto, I think it's time to institute one for Ooh, Jason man, Day. For sure. Uh, to play devil's advocate here for a minute, Day did say basically – he said, first of all, the chip out was no bargain, that you had water long. If you come up short. I'll up, take my chances on the chip out. Out of there, you've got bunker and rough. But, I, yeah, I agree with you. It was it was strange, but I do. I'm going to trust the PGA Tour player to be able to hit a chip out. I, I, do, I, I, I do admire the fact that there is something to be said about these guys where it's like, I, I'm never allowed to be wrong. Whenever you talk to anyone, even you talk to Ricky about his finish on Saturday. He said, well, the wind blew, and I hit a good shot, but on 17, it goes in the water. We didn't think water was in play. I three-putt 16 and 18, and, you know, I've been putting well all week, and those are just unfortunate three-putts. Part of that is you need that sort of positivity to be able to get yourself to a level of confidence to win these tournaments, but part of it also just leaves you kind of scratch your head, being like, can't you just at some point just take the L and say, man, I really – probably that's, shouldn't hit that shot that's much too damaging to the psyche to to take an l like that imagine if spieth had uh, had to take the l at burkdale Ooh. How, how things might have oh if, but, he, if he just tried to pitch back into the fairway yes. uh all right well, let's do some rapid fire here at the end we mentioned mickelson Ooh, rapid fire rapid fire exactly well you know i know you, you've got a bedtime here at some point oh. ladder. we gotta get you there two hours ago <laughs> uh we mentioned phil mickelson who missed the cut in in wildly disastrous fashion uh, second straight major, uh, two parts here. First of all, what do we make of the post-Bones experiment where he's saying that he doesn't miss Bones, but he also can't visualize a shot? And then also, do we still think he's a lock to get a pick for the President's Cup, currently 17th in the team standings? Uh, to answer your first question, it's amazing what Bones did for Phil in terms of keeping him on the rails and keeping him invested in 
each and every tournament round. He looks just completely lost, and I have no confidence that he's going to turn that around anytime soon, which is why, to answer your second question, Steve Stricker shouldn't even be considering Phil at this point. He's got one top 10 in a full field stroke play event since last October. He's just not, he's just not one of the 12 best American golfers right now. Phil Mickelson hasn't played. Uh, sorry, Phil Mickelson hasn't not been part of an American team since... 22 Cl- years! Yeah, since 1994. We're talking about the early days of the Clinton administration. So Steve Stricker's going to find himself in an incredibly awkward spot. He has 11 guys that he can probably count on. And then Phil, for whatever reason, really does sort of raises his game in these international events. He loves them. He likes the camaraderie. This a, he likes this, being in the locker room. This isn't a ceremonial position. I understand that. And I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with you that he's not deserving of the spot. I just think, think it's going to be one? hard for Stricker to say no to him. And I think got, he winds up on that team regardless. You've got to cut the court at some point. If he shows even a flash of form in the next two weeks, he's on that team. And I'm not convinced he's going to. Well, he may not, but I also think that this is the one. I agree with Nick that you don't want to be the, the captain that leaves him off. Stricker, every. We, we could be oh, doing this till 2027. No, he'll, he'll be a captain before then, and he'll probably pick himself. But uh, no, the, the point is that Stric- every comment from Stricker so far has been like, yeah, I really would like to have Phil. Please, but please like show me Phil. something. Yeah, he's got he's to cover his bases. My point is. This is the President's Cup. If this was a Ryder Cup, it would be a totally different situation. This U.S. team is set to smoke the international. It is a totally... Just like every year. Just like every year, but it's a totally stacked team, and it allows them the wiggle room to spend a pick on Phil, to let him have one more chance, and then if he goes really two years without form, then it makes it easier for Furyk not to pick him for Paris on a road game next year. This is just bringing up all of my Walker Cup qualms, and how (laughs) it's just a ceremonial team, and... Are you trying to win? Are you trying to field the 12 best players? Or are you trying to make some kind of statement and, and prolong friendships? Cut the court at some point. Phil does not deserve a pick unless he shows something over the next couple of weeks. He's still, what, 17th on the points? Yeah, he's I mean, it hasn't been terrible. He, he just, has had a just de- do something. He's had a decent season until, Bring back bones. Basically until he split with Bones. And then he missed the cut at Burkdale and, and uh, at Quail Hollow. But anyway, I don't want to get you too fired up. Here before this, this wasn't before rapid bed. fire. Yes. Now, now I'm all fired up. Yes. Uh, what do we make of Kevin Kisner? He comes into the day with a one-shot lead. He challenges. He hits an ill-advised shot on uh, the par 5 seventh there that goes in the water. Doesn't really have what it takes to, to close on the back nine. Today, You know, what are your thoughts on Kisner overall? Do you see him potentially getting a major at some point? Can we pour some out for Rex Hoggard? Our, we, we can. Our, our, our dearly our, departed colleague who is... Our tri- beloved colleague... Heading down I-77 as well. Went, went two hours to Palmetto. Kisner had a one-shot lead. It was going to be a great story. He's going to camp out there all afternoon, getting the kind of vibe inside the clubhouse. Man, all these guys are pulling for Kiz. Kiz was a non-story for about the last three hours of this tournament. Uh to be honest, I was shocked that he was even in contention at a, at a golf course like Quell Hollow, which is what we thought was going to be a bombish paradise and turned out to be with, with Justin Thomas winning. Um, I do think he has the goods. I think he's got the fight. I think he's got the grit. Um, it just needs to be the perfect golf course for him. Uh, Quell Hollow was not it. No. Uh, and, you know, he survived as long as he did. He, he ratcheted up to the top of the leaderboard <clears throat> based on his putting. I mean, he loves putting Bermuda greens. These are grainy, they're fast, so he had that advantage. But you could see, starting with that swing he made on 16 on Saturday afternoon, he saw water and he started going towards it. The only reason he wasn't back in the water Saturday afternoon at 18 was because he got sto- uh, saved by that stone bridge. But then seven today, back in the water. And, of course, once his chances are over at 18, 
he's right back in the creek on the left. Um, he's scrappy. He continues to put himself in these positions. He's lost two PGA Tour playoffs. He's got a host of runner-ups. I think he's going to continue to knock on the door. He's going to get more PGA Tour titles. He'll probably contend in another major, but you're right. It's going to need to be at uh, a golf course that suits him a little bit better than just on the green. Yeah, I mean, he was giving up three or four clubs to some of the bombers on that golf course. That's a, that's just not going to work. Last one, and then we'll let you guys get uh, get some, some beauty rest here. Uh we're now, since it's Monday, we're 234 days away from the Masters uh, and the, the next major in 2018. Uh, so taking Augusta National out of the equation, which of the three majors in 2018 are you most looking forward to? We've got the U.S. Open going to Shinnecock. We're heading to Carnoustie for the Open. We're going to Belle Reve in St. Louis for the final August PGA Championship. Uh, Lav, let's, let's let you kick it off. Which of the three is highest on your list? I am certainly not looking forward to the PGA Championship <laughs> in St. Louis in August. That, will be, hey, that listen, will be one fond farewell hey, to the August we just made PGA. It, we just made it through a week in Charlotte with only, as, as John Deaver from the PGA of America pointed out, only 103 minutes of rain delays for the entire week. That is miracle. A, absolute miracle. miracle. The, the fact that they don't have more egg on their face for starting the leaders at 245 on Sunday afternoon with a terrible weather forecast that again for the second year in a row they got absolutely lucky whatever they're whatever they're doing with the weather gods i'm a fan of. shout out to larry sprinkle yes that is his <laughs> real name the weatherman in charlotte he called 80 percent chance of thunderstorms uh here on sunday didn't even didn't even not as close yeah, like they were barely cold. a cloud to answer your question yes uh, i'm looking forward to shinnecock the most we're looking at the disaster from 2004 has the usj learned their lesson Aaron Hills was just a catastrophe because everyone's all all up in arms about how how great the scoring was. You're not going to see that at Shinnecock. I think it returns to the the deep rough, the narrow fairways, the rock hard fast greens uh, that we all become accustomed to. I think it's going to be a great U.S. Open. The carnage that we had at Quail Hollow will once again come back at Shinnecock. Rear its ugly and, be- uh, and yet beautiful head. Nick, we've got Shinnecock, Carnoustie, Bell Reef. What's your pick? I, too, will go with Shinnecock. I just remember in 2004 the, the seventh green being what the, the travesty of the week. Um, the, the hand-watering. Absolutely burn out those greens. And yet Retief Goosen managed to navigate the back nine with, with fewer putts than holes played, I believe, or, or something at least close to it. I'd like to see that golf course get a fair shake just because, you know, what, now more than a decade later we're still talking about how poorly that golf course came off in 2004 so it'd be nice to get a traditional u.s open venue and one that hopefully you know they make better use of the golf course than they did in 2004 well the countdown is on now the major season of 2017 is over 2018 will be here before we know it although there is at least a fair amount of interesting and and certainly lucrative golf to be played before we close out uh, the year, but Ryan Lavner, Nick Menta, thank you much for joining me here. Uh, it's been a, a fun and crazy week in Charlotte. I'm sure in the time it's taken us to tape this podcast, Justin Thomas has put four new Snapchats uh, into the interwebs with him and, and the Wanamaker Trophy. What does the Wanamaker Trophy hold? Fifty-two beers? It's something like that. He's we probably got Rich, Rich Beam set it up in in. in uh, in terms of beers, I think that what Daniel Berger said, he was going to do it with Tito's Vodka, which 
That, that sounds, that sounds dangerous. dangerous. That yes. sounds just dangerous. That sounds like a hospital stay waiting to happen. Yeah. So maybe SB2K18 will will feature a trophy challenge between the Claret Jug and the Wanamaker Trophy. I don't know. But, uh, but we shall see. But Justin Thomas, officially a major champion. The week is in the books at Quail Hollow Club for the 99th PGA. Ryan Lavner, Nick Menta, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Will Gray. Thanks for listening to this Golf Channel podcast, and we'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.